Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. While you're standing, I'm going to direct your attention to uh, the book of Genesis chapter 2. And uh, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 2 today. So you can kind of leave that open. I just want to read one verse of scripture, verse number one. And Genesis chapter two, verse number one, it says this, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay. If you know, excuse me, it says thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. If you know your Bible, you go back to Genesis 1, and it says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then, Cody, throw up verse 2 for me real quick. Verse 2. It says, On the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made, And he rested on the seventh day. Everybody say rested. From what? All of his work which he had made. Amen. For the next six days, or he created the heavens and the earth, and for the next six days tells us what he did each day. But then it says, and we read it in verse number one, thus the heavens and the earth were finished. And all of the hosts of them were finished. It was done. And so just for the next little bit, I want to talk to us from this title, Remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. Continuing on in Genesis 2, on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work. And then God, the Bible says, blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. <clears throat> there's, a, uh, there's a popular hashtag in the, in the fitness world on uh, social media that is no days off. You will usually see that floating around when someone is at the gym at 5.30 in the morning on on a Saturday morning, hashtag, let's take a picture real quick, no days off. Or when someone has carefully curated their selfie to make them look a little bit more buffer than normal, Uh, Or when somebody takes the weights off that they were working out with, putting heavier weights on and taking a picture. We know who you are. We've all been there. (laughs) So, uh, but, you know, you're thinking, you can't curl that. Oh, let me just grab a quick photo, though, you know. Or when you have just the right amount of perspiration on your forehead where you don't look like a hot mess, but you look like you've been doing something right, snap that photo, hashtag no days off. You got your gut sucked in and you're just the angles right, the lighting is right. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, where it minimizes the chin action. Uh, 
And now, you know, you're ready for this photo and you're going to post it, you know, and with a with a with a tagline of, hey, back in my gym flow, back to the grind. No days, no days off. And this particular hashtag has almost six million posts on social media. Almost all of them taken in the no days off, like eight days a week, bro. It's a lifestyle, right? This is who I am. This is hard work. It's like it's not even possible. There's only seven days in a week. What are you getting at? You know, and my thought this morning is that if it were only, if it only, if only it were just something that we put on social media, you know, all too often we fall into the trap of the life that we live. And, and as a result, there is just a, a sense of fatigue that we sort of just live with and we just sort of accept, just a low-grade anxiety that's a part of the new normal in our culture today. This particular lifestyle perhaps is responsible for the, for the spiritual dullness or the, the ache that is inside that we all feel and the distance at times between us and God us and those we love, and and then even us and ourselves, a disconnect between us and our own soul. And, And so what I hope to show you today is that there's a better way than that particular lifestyle. In fact, from the very beginning of creation, the very beginning of history, God not only commands us, but before he ever tells us, see, God is a good leader. Leaders never say, good leaders never say, do as I do. Good leaders always say, do as I do, not do as I say. God is a good leader. Leadership is an example. And and so it's not just about having the authority. And so before God ever tells us how important rest is, he shows us. He shows us. He demonstrates for us. And and, and we find that in the book of Genesis, him demonstrating for us the rhythms of rest in what he does on the seventh day in taking, in choosing a Sabbath. In fact, if you read it in the original Hebrew, what it says on this day, God rested. And the word rested is the word Shabbat, God Shabbat, or you could say Sabbath. Sabbath is a verb. It's something that you do, all right? And so God Sabbaths here on this day. God rested, literally. It's a stop. God stopped from his work and chose to Sabbath on this day. You see, we're living in a day where rest is all too commonly neglected, easily neglected. And uh, it's to our own detriment. I mean, just, just let's just think physically for a moment. Uh, take the spiritual side out of it though there is a connection. You are physical and you are spiritual, and there's also a mental side to you. And so we have to take a holistic approach to all of these things, knowing that there's going to be uh, an overlap there. You can't disconnect one from the other. You, uh, you, you look at one of the highest viewed TED Talks that is out there is of someone who doesn't believe in God but has seen in the art of stillness the value of rest 
and is advocating, even in our culture today, he's calling it a secular Sabbath. Like, let's ignore God, but we still, let's not ignore a day off. And so regardless of which, which you know, uh, regardless of the divide that you fall on when it comes to God, our bodies crave rest, but we're not getting it physically or otherwise. And uh, I think that we can blame Thomas Edison a little bit for this because he's the one who gave us what? The light bulb. Did you know that before Edison gave us the light bulb, Americans slept on average 10 hours a night? 10 Unbelievable. Now, fast forward from now to then, here we are in 2023. What's the average amount of sleep that Americans get? 6.8 hours is the new normal. Now, some of you are like, whoa, that's like a goal for me. That would be amazing. That would be a good night if I could get 6.8 hours of sleep. And sadly, I would say I'm right there with you. Uh, because that's probably above average for myself. But to think of it, 10 hours of sleep, that's phenomenal. That's why when you read history and you hear someone getting up at four o'clock in the morning to feed chickens, and you're like, how did they do that? They went to bed at 4.30 when the sun went down. You can only sit there with your little lamplight for so long and walk around with your little stub of candles before you're like, what do we what do, we, what do, we do? You know, I don't know. Let's go to sleep. Okay, so we go to sleep and we slept. It's the craziest thought ever. But and sort of the rhythms and the patterns just sort of change when we could artificially be in sunlight. And of course, now with the uh, with the technology that we have and the stream of blue light that is coming in on our technology, our phones and our, our, our TVs. And we're able to, we're, we're able to be kept in what amounts to be torture, right? I mean, if you did this to a prisoner of war, it's like, that's torture. Let's not let them sleep. Let's keep them up all night, nonstop stream of activity. That's torture. It actually is a form of torture. And that's kind of what we do to ourselves. Uh, in this. In fact, studies, studies will show you, studies have conclusively, not, not speculation, conclusively linked sleeplessness to higher rates of irritability, anger, depression, and mental exhaustion. They say that in America, we lose on average, $415 billion a year, and they've linked it to a lack of sleep. It was Corey Tinboom who said, if the devil can't make us bad, he'll just make us busy. And here we, we live in a life, in this life where everything's just a thousand miles an hour. There's calls coming in. There's texts coming in. There's things we've got to read and places we got to go and stuff we got to do. Just busy, 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 busy. And we've accepted that as this is just how it has to be. And God says, no. There's something else that you can choose to do. And you can choose to stop. Six days I've worked and now Sabbath. Six days I've created the world and now I will demonstrate what you need to choose to do. Stop right there. 
leave the work where it was. You'll come back to visit it in the next new week. Now it's time to Sabbath. Now it's time to receive the, the gift, right? And that's what this is. This is a gift uh, uh, of tranquility and rejuvenation that will come from us experiencing 24 glorious hours of rest. Folks, God built this universe on the pattern of six days we have labor, and then that's followed by a day of rest. And to go against that and, and, and think that we can do better and, 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 and think that we know more and to think, hey, no, 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 God doesn't understand me. I, I'm on a path right now. I'm focused. My mindset is clear. I'm going to be a millionaire by this age, and I'm going to own this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be here. I, I, God doesn't really know me. I've got, uh, hold on a second. You can go against how God set up the universe at your own peril. But there's a rhythm here that God established. There's a tempo. There's a, there's a cadence. God was demonstrating for us how he built life to function on this earth. And if you, if you look into the history, it's actually fascinating. Where times where cultures and civilizations have toyed with it and tried to, instead of a seven-day week, oh, we're going to do an eight-day week, or we're going to do a 10-day week, or any other pattern. You do some research, it's been disastrous. Why? Because God built this world to run the way that he intended it to run. There's a tempo. <clears throat> you'll sit here today later in our services, in our worship services, and you'll see musicians up here on the platform, and you'll see singers and, and you'll, be, you'll hear a song that's sung, and be like, that's a great song, and we worship along, and we worship together. One thing you will not see is what Sister Graham has in her ear. She has in her ear what's called an in-ear. What a great name. But um, she has a click track that's going on in there. There's a click, and, and we get further into technology, and you see what some uh, other worship teams have, they all have these in-ears, and there is a track that's going. There's a, there's a metronome. They're, they're hearing something that's keeping everybody in rhythm, right, at the right cadence, though you don't see it, and you can't hear it, and that's the point. We can't hear it, but there is a cadence to creation, and what we're reading in Genesis is God exposing what the cadence is. Six days are for work, and then there's a day of rest, delight, and rejuvenation. In what? In what was done in those six days. The word Shabbat means to stop and delight. It's kind of like how if you've ever finished something you're really proud of, you know, that that, that you, you, you got to do something you've done, and you're like, I'm happy about that. Like how that turned out, I'm ecstatic about it. The way that you feel when you're good tired, because there's a good tired and there's a bad tired, right? Bad tired is because you're not getting the rest that you need. Good tired is I'm working hard, and I'm satisfied with the work that I've done. That's Sabbath. That's rest. God, for that seventh day, was looking at the world that he had made and delighting in what he had done, delighting in the work. That's what God wants for you and us as well, for us to stop and delight in the work that he has done, delight in what 
he has accomplished and rest so that you have something for the week that is to come. It's a, it's a rhythm. And you can fight against it at your own peril. And here's what I personally believe. I believe that if you don't give God the Sabbath, it will be taken away from you. You can have your own thoughts on that. That's perfectly fine. But I believe that if you don't give God this, when God puts something into the universe, into the grain of the universe, you can fight against it, but you will lose. God tells us how his universe works. We can fight it, but in the end, we will lose. As Romans 2 says, you can go against the grain, but you're going to get splinters. One author writes in his book and on the Sabbath, he points out, if we do not allow for a rhythm of rest in our overly busy lives, illness becomes our Sabbath. Accidents become our Sabbath. What we didn't plan for becomes our Sabbath. Crisis becomes our Sabbath. So here, here we have a pattern in our culture of ignoring it. And, and what happens is that will eventually be forfeited. Now, I, I, know, I know when we bring up the subject of Sabbath, uh, a lot of people's minds immediately goes to the commandments, right? Maybe you were raised in this. Maybe you were raised in church. And so when somebody asks the question, what's the Sabbath, you know, your mind goes to, you know, it's a day where we go to church and, you know, morning and nights and used to be Sunday morning and Sunday night and, you know, used to be all those things. That that's, that's the Sabbath. And I intentionally didn't begin there. But we'll, we'll get to there because I want to, I want to show you that this actually predates the law. This is, this is long before the Ten Commandments. This is what God practiced for us. This is what he modeled for us. It's what he's teaching, uh, what he's teaching since he made us how to get the best use out of this life that he chose to give us. But then eventually he did formalize it. And in the law, he did mandate it. And, and then in the list of, you know, don't steal, which is a, which is a great idea. And don't kill. I, I highly recommend you don't. Um, and the rest of those things that God said, which is basic morality, baseline morality, right? The fourth commandment says in verse 8, hey, also, remember the Sabbath day. Remember that day. Because even then, church, they were forgetting it. Even then, they were thinking, you know what? I got this opportunity. Uh, it, it's too good. I can't, I can't resist. I got a couple work emails that I got to just, I, I got to thump out real quick before, I, before the kids wake up or just one quick phone call. One quick phone call, just one quick thing. It's like, hey, no, remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. That, is, that was awesome. Remember the Sabbath day. And, and what would they want by being asked to remember? That it was holy. That it was blessed. Because as Genesis 2 tells us, he blessed the seventh day. That's why he said, remember how? By keeping it holy. Now, I don't know if you caught it again, but I just alluded to it. God blessed it just after he made it. And if you're keeping track from Genesis 1, that's the third time he's blessed something. He created the animals to live in this world and bless them. God spoke a blessing over the animals. And then he said, be fruitful and multiply. 
once it had God's blessings, it was then supposed to multiply. God's expectation is always growth. God's expectation is always multiplication. It's always fruitfulness. Then he made man and he blessed man and he said, be fruitful, multiply. And then on this day, he created the seventh day. He created the Sabbath rest. And what did he do? He spoke a blessing over it. And what's his expectation then? That it would be multiplied. The the rest that we receive and the rejuvenation is that, that, that is ours, and when we truly rest, it will be multiplied as we're able to give that blessing to other people in the world. But hear me. Some of us are running on red and, and chronically fatigued and totally overloaded where we're not able to multiply blessings that we don't have. We're not able to give rest. People go, hey, how you doing? Oh, man, totally busy. Just barely hanging in there. This is, this is multiple internal calls at work for me where I call a, 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 my counterpart. Hey, man, how you doing? Just barely making it. Just keeping my head above water. Just, just, just bare. It, it's been crazy. You don't understand. Hear me. We can't give a blessing we don't have. We can't multiply the blessing because we haven't remembered the Sabbath day and kept it holy. Therefore, the blessing that should have been ours stopped with us and is unable to go out into the world. Can you see all of the different benefits of getting rest? It's not just for yourself. It's for the people that you come in contact with. But when you truly stop and you turn your phone off and you ignore calls, hey, there's a reason they have voicemail. Okay, where you 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 take some time and you you know you you have that day and you say no to the world and you said no to the needs out there so you so you can be rejuvenated. Then when you come back to life, come back to the world, because how many know that recess doesn't it doesn't last forever? Okay, when you come back. You can be rejuvenated so when you come back to the world and because you remembered the Sabbath day, you've received rest, there's a blessing on that. You can now multiply it. And you're able to be a greater blessing to people. Why? Because you were selfish for that day to the glory of God. I'm going to remember the Sabbath day. You took that day that your soul needed And now, guess what? You're able to find a better version of yourself. You can't pour out if you're not getting poured into. You just can't. And so are you taking the time to pour into yourself? Remember the Sabbath day. Don't forget how important this is by keeping it holy. And then it says in verse 9, six days you shall labor and do all your work, But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord, your God. On it you shall do no work. Neither you, son, daughter, manservant, maidservant. 
Even your animals get the day off. Verse 11, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. And he brings it all the way back. Because I know the moment that we take the day off, there are going to be people that get up there, but you don't know my schedule. You don't know what you don't know my schedule. You don't know, you don't know what it what it what it's like to have little kids. I do. Lord, do I do. There, there's people there, but there's people like that with the mindsets. You don't know, you don't understand, you know what it is, da 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 da. And the list goes on. Because here's a, we all think we're the exception. <laughs> we all think we're the anomaly. Like our life is so much different that we're dealing with so many different things. You don't understand. Take a day off. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Take a day off. I know I should, but, uh, but, 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 you know, and, and, and then people will go, you know, but God, yeah, but God did what? Are, are we more important than God? You know, you have more on your plate than God does. Take a day off. Yeah, but God, yeah, God, you know what he did? After he, after he created the whole world, chose to take a day off. And then look, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy or different or set apart, not like the rest of the day. The rest of the days are for working, but not this day. This is a day for delight. This is a day for wonder. This is a day to be replenished, a day to enjoy what you work so hard for the rest of the other days. A day to be still, a day to cease, a day to let things lie where they are. One thing I want to tell you about the Sabbath is that it's, it's, it's more than a day, but it's not less. What do I mean by that? I mean, we live on, on, we live on the different side of the cross, do we not? Those who have received, than, than those who have received the Ten Commandments, meaning that the Hebrews tell us we live in a day where we understand what those things were pointing to. The whole law, the whole ceremonial, all the things that they had to do, the ways that they had to keep things in boxes that they had to check. The book of Hebrews actually just says, hey, it all points to Jesus. Jesus is our Sabbath. Jesus is our rest. Now, what does that mean exactly? Well, think about it this way. Adam gets born. What did he get born on? Day six. Welcome to earth. He actually didn't get born. He was made from the dust. It's a pretty wild story. But pretty soon, you know, he's, there he is on day six, created day six. And guess what? Pretty soon we're going to bed. Adam is so excited. He's like, man, there's a lot of stuff to see. I'm thrilled to be here, and I've never been here before. Day seven, he wakes up. First full day ever, and he says, God, what work do we have to do? Is there something, there's a lot to do. And God says, actually, today's a day off. What do you mean today's a day off? It's my first day. I'm ready to roll. I've got to name some animals or something. God goes, no, 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 no. I finished all the work before you got here. Now rest. And Adam's first day on planet Earth his first full day was the day of rest. That's Jesus. That's what we have in him. You see, 
religion will tell you to do, to do, to do, to do. What you got to do to do this and earn God's love, what you're going to do to earn God's favor. Jesus is like, no, 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 no. You're showing up here in the relationship. I've done it all. I've already taken. I've already conquered. I'm already victorious. Now your job is to rest in what I've done. Rest in the gospel. Rest in the message. Rest in the life that he gives. How can I rest? I didn't, I didn't do anything. That's the point. Jesus did it all. Folks, we don't do anything. It's the work that he accomplished on the cross. Not our efforts, not our strength, not our ingenuity. It's what the Lord did on Calvary. He conquered it all. Our job is to rest in it. Jesus took care of it. He paid the bill. It's finished. He took care of the work. All six days of it on the cross, now we rest in the relationship that he has for us. Hey, grace isn't based on you, it's placed on you. Religion says, hey, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. And grace says, just receive it, believe it, just receive what he has for you. Jesus is our Sabbath rest. Remember the Sabbath. So this idea, the Sabbath I, or the idea of rest, is, again, it's more than a day, but, and I hope that you see that. It's something that's meant to infect and invade every part of us. It, 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 it's, it's like, you know, how worship invades beyond just the song. Worship is more than a song. It, it flows, and that's what we're talking about, the rhythms of, uh, of all of this, of prayer, letting it bleed into all of our day, morning, noon, and night, but it's not less than that. So we're supposed to come in, and we're supposed to sing, and we're supposed to worship. Same thing with the Sabbath. It's more than a day, but not less than a day. It's meant to leak out and to bleed over into every part of your life. So just two points here, and I'll wrap up. You were made to work. Look at your neighbor and say, you were made to work. I heard a little chuckle. I'm coming for you. The Sabbath talk should not begin with the Sabbath because that's day seven. Let's talk for just a second about days one through six. Because one of the parts and components of the whole thing is what we do that qualifies us for the Sabbath. What do we do that prepares us for the Sabbath? And here we are, Exodus chapter 26, verse 9 says, Six days you shall labor and do all your work. And all the employers in the house are like, Amen. Let's, let's talk about it. Some of you here in this room are like very excited. You're like, a, a day of rest? Man, let's, I'm, I'm really great at that. Like, let's talk about that. Let's talk about this rest. I, I rest very well. Yeah, guess what? You need to work. This, don't get mad at me. You need to work before you rest. You need to work before, we, and, and we need to get good and tired in a good way. Because again, there's a good tire, there's a bad tire. Good tired as your head hits the pillow and you're exhausted because you did a good day's work. You got something done. You got something accomplished. Amen. You were fruitful in what you were seeking to do. You should work hard. 
And, and there are other, other of us, others of us that need to hear the second half of this message. So we need to both figure out where we're weak, all right? But both of these, if neglected, open us up to unnecessary temptation. Hey, when you're not working and you're just idle, that's when you have successfully positioned yourself to fall in temptation. Similarly, though, when we're working, 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 and we ignore all of the red flags that are going up in our lives, and we just got to work our fingers to the bone because we're, we're burning the candle at both ends, then we're also susceptible to temptation. Why? Because if you don't get rest where you should, you will look for it where you shouldn't. Looking for things to help us uh, achieve rest. Looking for things that will dull us because we're just so tired and we become just aimless wanderers. So we need to figure out how to prevent temptation, but you also need to rest well. We have to figure out what keeps us at our best because when your tank is full, hey, you see right through the enemy's lines. You see right. You ever gone to the grocery store starving? That is the worst time to go grocery shopping. The absolute worst. You are, you're grabbing that popcorn chicken. It's in your cart. You're not even waiting to pay for it. You're just munching on it as you're just going through the, through the line, through, the, through all of the lanes, right? If you go to the grocery store starving, everything looks great. Phenomenal. Forget the diet we're on. That looks keto to me. Right? That looks low fat to me. <laughs> but, but when you're feeding well, right? When you go in there and you'll, you'll, you, you see right past the junk food. There's no temptation. You see exactly what it is. I don't have to pick it up and look at it and just talk myself into it. And you see something and all of a sudden you start to see all of the workouts that's going to take you to burn that off. You start to count how many jumping jacks, how many push-ups, how high does my heart rate have to get in order to burn that off? That's what you start to see whenever you are full, whenever you are working hard. You were made to work. Ecclesiastes says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. So ma'am, mister, grow your business. Be successful, multiply wealth. Let that be a blessing for your family and a blessing for the things that God has called you to do. You know you have permission to create wealth for yourself? In the Bible, we have this whole thing about money, and a lot of people is like, you know, money is bad. Money, money is bad, 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 bad. But read the book of Genesis. It's amazing what happens to us when we read the Bible. God says, Hey, he says, there's, there's gold in the land, and the gold is good. Now, gold in your hand is, can do good things, right? It's only when gold gets into your heart that that's when, when we allow money to become a, a passion uh, of our lives that eclipses God. And of course, it can become an idol. So what we need to understand is we should do, we should do all, we should work with all of our hands. You should be blessable. You should be promotable. If you don't get the promotion at your job, it shouldn't be because you didn't work hard. 
You're created to work. You should work hard and do so for the glory of God. It's also an act of worship. Colossians is explicitly tells whatever you do in word or deed, do it all to the glory of God. So you have permission to see yourself on mission, doing everything that you do in your career in school, be that in medicine or technology or transportation, whatever it is that God called you to do, you were made to work. <clears throat> Adam, after his day off, Genesis 2.15 says, the Lord took the man, then put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. To work it and to keep it. That's pre-sin. There's nothing wrong with anything in this world, and Adam has a job. You know, they say that, that, and I don't know, we don't have much young people down here today, but they say by the time a guy, I'll pick on the guys for just a second, a, by the time a guy makes it to 21 years old, he has already spent 10,000 hours on games. 10,000 hours on games, game, on the computer, on the PlayStation, whatever it is. Those things are cool and they're fun and stuff like that. But 10,000 hours, people are like, well, what else could I have done with that time? I could think of something at $10 an hour that would have put a load of money in your pocket. You were made to work. You were made to work. Adam has a job. And so those of you who have a dream of working for the man and making some money, and eventually I want to retire, I want to stop, that's not the dream that God has for you. There should always be contribution. All the retired people are like, oh, man, I thought I was in the clear. There should always be work. Work and responsibility, they're good for you. You read the book of Revelations, there's jobs in heaven. So if your dream of life is just laying on a beach somewhere with a nice little lemonade in your hand, that's a commercial, folks. That's not life, okay? That's, a, that's actually a miserable life. You want to work. I, I, I see it's so sad when people actually stop in life, when they stop contributing. It's actually a sad. You want to work. There should be things and passions. And once you retire from your career, now you can pull yourself out of something and into something new. Not retired, we're refired. Is that what it is? Refired. But to just be, just have an idle, just have an idle day. What am I going to do today? I don't know. Maybe this is go play golf again and again and again and again. You're just going to open yourself up to temptation, unnecessary temptation. What, where are you contributing? You were made to do that. And then secondly, our music comes, you were made to rest. You were made to work, and you were made to rest. And we must come to that day. Even though we could do more, we could check a few more things off the list, and even though we could find more, we could surely pull.
pour ourselves out and to see and, and to, to see that as an important step in our taking care of our souls and, and getting the rest. You're like, okay, what am I going to do today? What am I going to do today on this Sabbath? You're going to rest, you're going to worship, and you're going to rejuvenate, you're going to delight. What am I going to delight in? What rejuvenates you? If you you work with your hands all week, maybe you need something for your mind on that Sabbath day. Or if you work with your mind all week, maybe you need something for your hands. I don't know, I'm just throwing ideas out there. What might be restful for you very different from the person sitting beside you. But the whole key is rest. The the whole key is worship. The whole key is rejuvenation. One author put it this way, traditionally looking back, said Sabbath was honored with lighting of candles and worship and prayer. Starting off your day like you are today, what an amazing start. What a phenomenal start. What a great way to start it by coming together, receiving God's word, worshiping together, praying together is a part of it. Singing of songs, but also keep silent. Maybe this afternoon you go on a walk, you get out in nature. Maybe you read scripture. Maybe you share a meal, a good meal. This is a day. The Sabbath is a day of delight. This is a day of rejuvenation. This is a day to look forward to. This is like Christmas without the weird uncle. If you're like, I don't have a weird uncle. You're the weird uncle we all know. This is a day to be excited for, to prepare for. And listen, here's what I found. It takes hard work to rest. Hebrews 4 actually sounds like an oxymoron where it says, let us therefore make every effort to enter rest. What does that mean for me? It means tweaking some things, organizing myself, making effort to enter to rest. I love what one Jewish rabbi said. He said, we should start the Sabbath day by declaring this over ourselves. Today, I'm going to pamper my soul. How good would that feel? How good would it feel to have a day where you're like, what is the agenda today? I don't really know. Is anybody, are you, where's my to-do list people out there? Some people are hesitant, like, oh gosh, I'll just wait to see what he says before I raise my hand. Where you're checking stuff off the box, like where you need productivity. It's hard hard to sit around. You need to check boxes off, check this off. But today I'll pamper my soul. What did you do yesterday? Pampered my soul. What you had to, you had to pamper your soul day and you didn't, you didn't invite me, bro. You stressed me out. There's no pampering of the soul. 
when we're hanging out. And let me encourage you to, to truly, really stop. Really stop. Try, to, try not to give in to uh, uh, consumer consumption on that day. There's plenty of days for Ikea. There's plenty of days for Amazon. There's plenty of time for that, all right? There's lots of days for those things. Don't let it be the Sabbath day. Sabbath is a time to stop, refrain from being seduced by our desires to, to stop working, stop making money, stop spending money. See what you have. Look all around you and look at the things that God has done for you, the work that he's done in days one through six. Listen to your life. I mean, do we really need more than we have? Spend a day with your family. Instead of buying a new coffee maker today, make coffee out of the old one. The Sabbath day is a day to take delight in what you worked so hard for those first six days. Stand with me this morning, if you will. I, 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 I wondered about this message, and I was... I was thinking this is going to be preaching in the choir and people understand it, but feel like God has checked me and said there are those that are working so hard, but they're not enjoying any of what they're working hard for. And I'm encouraging you to actually stop and look around and take delight in what is right there. Listen to the words of Jesus when he said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Now, you can underline that first part in your Bible, and I hope that you would because that's the part that we need to pay attention to. Because when he originally said this, he was speaking to people who were so good at keeping the Sabbath, they ruined it. They were so good at keeping it and remembering it that they took all the fun out of it. They were religious, and so they needed to know they needed to know that you weren't made for the Sabbath. It was actually made for us. But I think on the other side of it, we need to hear the first part. Hey, don't forget. The Sabbath is made for man. It's a gift. This is something God has given to us. So, And, and guess what? It's a blessed day. So remember it. Keep it holy. Every single time it passes. Bow your head with me. Close your eyes, if you will. If, if you feel like maybe there's a creed over your life or, or that no days off mentality is maybe, uh, you know, kind of creeping in and the lifestyle that you have, I hope today that you would understand that we've been given this gift. But if we're not entering into it, it's a gift that we leave unopened. The Sabbath was made for us. It's almost as if God hand-wrapping it and saying, here you go, enjoy it. You'll be well off if you do. Think about the impact that you can have on your world around you if you would just take the time to delight in what the Lord has done. Find rest for your soul. 
be rejuvenated. Hey, you'll be able to pour yourself out into your lost family. You'll be able to pour yourself out in, in, into this lost world. I get it. This world is not our home. But you know what? This world is our calling. And there's a responsibility that falls upon each and every one of us. One of those things helps us out completely if we would just enter a time, if we would take a Sabbath. Would you help me pray right now? Father, we love you today. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.